to the MarTalk Podcast. Hey, podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of MarTalk. Today's topic is marketing measurement and optimization. If you've been in marketing for any amount of time, you've likely noticed a shift away from tactical activity-based measurements. It seems that most teams are making the shift to revenue focus and focus on testing and optimization, but still many teams are struggling. To share her expertise, I'm joined today by a marketer who's helping organizations implement and measure effective programs and has been doing so for over a decade. Erin Kelly is the Vice President of Strategy at Annuitas, an agency that helps organizations through digital demand transformation. Erin, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Angela. Erin, before we jump into measurement and optimization, would you share a little about how you got started in marketing and this world of operations and optimization? Yeah, absolutely. So I started back over a decade ago, and I was working uh, in the software industry for a company locally here based in Portland called Tripwire. And they were an early adopter of marketing automation platform technology, which at that point was all sold to us as like the silver bullet to increase sales and revenue by 30%. Uh, That probably sounds (laughs) familiar to some of us, but as we know, there's no silver bullet without process to actually automate. It doesn't really do much. So being that Tripwire was an early adopter really inspired us to, you know, play with the tool and see what we could do with it beyond just sending email. And that was really where I got to cut my teeth um, in the industry and then became more versed in database marketing Um, And then came over to the agency side of things and have been driving strategy for organizations ever since. And I particularly love measurement and optimization because I feel like that's where you can really get your program to sing. Well, we're glad we're talking about that today then. Me too. But let's not sing. Okay. Agreed. Your team recently completed a survey, I hear, um, among B2B marketing and sales leaders, and it sounds like it revealed some interesting data. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So one of the things that was really interesting is that we surveyed business leaders and particularly B2B marketing and sales leaders and found that the majority of them, 55 percent of these professionals, think that marketing is focused on the wrong metrics. And yes. And then what's really fascinating is that this number dramatically increases when we looked at what their CMOs were focused on. So we divided those into two categories, whether they were revenue-focused or brand-focused. And not surprisingly, 83% of people in organizations with a brand-focused CMO think that they're actually focused on the wrong metrics. And 95%, almost all of them, the sales leaders with a brand-focused CMO think that their company's incorrectly measuring marketing's performance. Seems to put some hard data to what a lot of us um, ops folks have inherently known for a while as we've been making the shift, right? Um, That many teams are struggling to demonstrate their contribution to the bottom line. Definitely. And it makes sense, too, if you think about it, business leaders, the C-suite and sales folks are all focused on revenue. And because of organizations are still focused on these tactical activity measurement stats such as like email clicks and opens, impressions, audience growth, they really need to focus on more of what's having an impact on the business, which is revenue. Really, it it has to change everything about an organization, right? Um, I was just chatting with someone yesterday, and um, if you have a team that's, that's their success metric for their team is on 
qualified leads, yet the rest of the organization is focused on revenue, you get a disconnect. Absolutely. You could be succeeding and failing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Erin, you've, you've helped a lot of clients through this transition. Um, what have you found are some of the common things that are holding us all back from success in this area? Well, one is closed-loop reporting. It's very difficult for organizations that don't have a framework for which to measure against um, and may disagree on attribution to to drive those changes. And so if they're not aligned um, in terms of people, process, content, and technology, that's that's a huge issue. Also, change management is a big part of that as well. So I don't think you would find anyone who would disagree that revenue is not a good idea to measure marketing by. But when you actually bite into it and try to implement that, it's a bit scary and it can be overwhelming for people. And so they give up at times. You need perseverance. Perseverance, 100%. So if I'm just getting started, though, what what advice would you have for anyone trying to make that shift from tactical reporting to revenue measurement? Well, not to give up and to know that it's not something that will happen overnight and to really drive alignment between the key groups within your organization. So sales, of course, as well as your technology folks, um, your finance folks, and really just remembering that we're all in this together. (laughs) They shouldn't forget the people outside of the walls either, right? So many of us have partners and relationships that impact our programs. Absolutely. Yes. So if you work with a digital agency that helps you with some of your you know, SEO and your, you know, your search marketing, as well as any of your technology partners, definitely keeping everybody um, aligned and working together towards the same goal is very important. Do you recommend bringing those people in early on in the conversation? Yes, early and often <laughs> <laughs> is good advice. And and to be keep it ongoing as well. So, so many of our um, groups, you know, it, they they treat it as a one and done kind of exercise. Like we rolled this out, we did this training, we're Box good. Checked. Check that box exactly. Move on. Thank you. Next. But unfortunately, th- it's an ongoing process. It's never ending. So th- that brings us to a, a good conversation about optimization. So once I've got the foundation right, and I've I've reached out to my partners, I've had those tough conversations internally, and and we've made the shift. We've arrived. We're not done. Right. It's not a box that we've checked. No. What would you recommend to someone looking to refine and kind of improve over time? Where do they start? Yeah. Well, looking at what is, you know, driving the revenue, what is driving closed one deals. And then you can dig into different channels that drive different deal sizes. Right. So obviously, not only do we want more deals, we want bigger deals. Who doesn't? Um, we also want deals. We all want to be a big deal. We all want to be a big deal. Um we look at how quickly things close. We look at just there's just endless ways to configure your programs in order to continue to get more output. Um, and then just looking at the changes over time, right, how your audience changes. And it's surprising, like you may have particular groups of personas that you're going after. But once you really dig into revenue, they might not be the ones who are actually purchasing your product or service. So it's really fascinating. Do you ever find that uh, your clients think that one person, one persona is their buyer and there's a hidden person that sort of comes out from behind the the cloak, if you will, the curtain and, and sort of surprises everyone? 
Yeah, I'd say that happens from time to time. For the most part, like they do know who they're selling to, but that's always that question of they want to get into the C-suite. Everybody wants to sell to the C-suite. Who doesn't? Right. I mean, that's, but, you know, how often are folks driving effective programs to where they're getting to the C-suite? When you talked about looking at the different channels, looking at the different content, um, we talked about, you know, those different points along the journey that we're looking at those things. That sounds a little like attribution. Um, yet I hear people, you know, chatter among the streets, if you will, that attribution is dead in this world of, you know, hyper-personalized experience. What would you say about attribution? Do you think it's dead? I don't think it's dead. Uh, I, I believe very much in, in attribution, and that's one of the ways that we're able to see what's most effective at driving that revenue. And how, how do you, as a, as a team, how do you bring visibility to to what's happening, right? I mean, it Data has to tell a story, they say. Um, you know, how, how does annuitist tell those stories? So we use a data visualization tool. And so it's a dashboard, but it's not just the dashboard because that's getting inputs in from marketing automation as well as from CRM. But it's the interpretation of that, right? It's going back to the original strategy and our quantitative model. Like, what did we plan to see? What are we actually seeing? Are we nailing the objectives that we outlined in our strategy? And it's just a constant process of reassessing and looking at pivoting the data, you know, not looking at just each piece in a silo. We're not just looking at lead management or just content or just channels. Like we're looking at how they all come together. And that's really exciting. It's really exciting. It's how things get better. True. So, Aaron, we're talking about, you know, the sort of the self, self-help self path today, but I know that Annuitas offers these services to clients around the world um, of, you know, at varying stages in their transformation. Um, when would someone reach out to a company like Annuitas for help? Well, we work with enterprise organizations, obviously, but we also work with um, high growth startups also. And so if you or someone you know is a revenue-driven marketing or sales executive looking to transform your business growth strategy or trying to better orchestrate and optimize your customer experience with also the goal of optimizing business outcomes, then we would love to connect with you. So, Erin, we've talked a lot about measurement and KPIs and sort of this foundational shift from activity-based um, metrics to revenue-based results. Um once that foundation is laid and, and teams have really sort of gained traction, that, that snowball effect, how, what do you recommend as far as optimizing and continuing to improve that over time? Absolutely. So what you want to look at is to see if you can find opportunities in uh, deals that close faster. So we look at the velocity. So if we look at different velocity points. So from the time that somebody enters the funnel in the beginning, to the time that they become a qualified lead, to the time that they become an opportunity, to the time that they become a closed one, we're always looking to shorten that <laughs> as, as quickly as possible. And so one of the cool things that you can do is when you're looking at revenue, not only can you look at uh, the deal size of revenue that's closing, but you can see what deals are closing faster, what deals are taking more time. And there might be ways that you can create new outbound nurture streams within your program to further accelerate that hyper-transactional pipeline. Or just testing. Just testing. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool some of the things that you can see and do. So velocity is one. 
Another thing that we look at is elasticity. So this comes into play for channels as well as for content pieces. So we can tell whether or not um, a piece of content or a channel is effective at um, converting people to the next stage, right? So whether that's converting them to a QL or whether converting them to an opportunity and then eventually revenue, we can see what channels are the most effective at um, driving those different key conversion arcs as well as content pieces also. So this gives us optimization. Um, it's an optimization goldmine because if you've got, if you've noticed you've got a particular group that's kind of swelling in the funnel, maybe they're getting stuck at that stage right before a qualified lead. Yes, we all know how fun that is. Um, looking at what content pieces have the propensity to drive someone to QL, you can, you know, send out an ad hoc campaign to that group with that piece of content. And see how it works. Yeah, and just see how it's a lot of having the data and information to make some good guesses and then following through through on that and measuring your success and then finding something that works and doing it till it doesn't. <laughs> that touches a little bit on um, sort of the beyond revenue KPIs, right? So key performance indicators. While we're all striving towards revenue, um, there are incremental measurements that we're looking at when you, when you talk about velocity and elasticity. There's those stages, those gates in between that you're trying to get them from one place to the next. Can you talk to what some of those are that you've seen? Yeah. So a couple of things that we look at, we call them key conversion arcs, right? So the first one is that uh, from the time they become first known to us and then the time that they become a qualified lead um, and then the time that uh, they become a qualified lead to opportunity and then opportunity to closed uh, so we look at all of those different points. And within that framework, that's where the magic happens because you can pivot that against content path. You can pivot that against how many different channels did they touch. So it gets really exciting when you can see that not only did this piece of content help drive this QL, but it also drives revenue. But this content and this channel is really effective together. So, so just because a content piece might fail at pushing people from known to qualified lead doesn't mean you should trash it. Correct. We call those hidden winners, right? So they're, they might not be the most effective at driving engagement at the top of the funnel, but we see that, you know, the majority of people that become closed one or become opportunities actually interact with that piece of content. So we call that critical path. Like what's the critical path this person took? For those that might be just starting out and wanting to give it a go on their own, Erin, is there any advice you would give them um, as they just start out? Yeah, not to give up, really. It's something so big that doesn't happen overnight. And use it to forge relationships with other organizations within your business, so such as like the sales organization as well as like your finance teams and technology teams. It's a group effort. It's not siloed. And it's a great opportunity to come together and work at something that is going to provide, you know, new growth and new direction for your business or organization. Awesome. Erin, thanks for being here today. You're so welcome, Angela. I'm so excited to be here and can't wait to come back again one day.